I just paid money for this goddamn software and live from my bedroom. It's the season premiere of Legends in Review, the only DC TV podcast that matters. The only one. I don't know how many there are. Are there like there's too there's many? Like a, there's like five or six of them, and like some of them I'm sure are nice, but like who cares? Um, We're not here to be nice. I I try. Um, Guess I try how to many things. words about Arrow I have muted on my timeline right now? It's I, all of them. I actually am really lucky I'm not seeing any, but I'm also not seeing any because I have spent the past, like, three hours finishing up these two pony customs, and it's getting to the point where I'm literally just kind of, like, reflexively opening VLC and just going to watch The Last Unicorn while I'm doing this. Like, I I don't know how many times I've seen this movie. It kind of makes me uncomfortable. Um, In any case, Arrow is bad. That's all I need to know. If something has happened to Felicity or Nyssa, I'm gonna... They killed the mother of Oliver's child. Is that who that was? And now we take you to Legends in Review. (laughs) And that's about where... That's like... Okay, that's where we are. That's where we are as people. I'm gonna be honest. I mean, yes, the bar is... Is, is a whole the, the bar ground. is too low. Yeah, the bar isn't even really a bar anymore. Also, like, we can't of... even say, my God, if anything happened to, like, Black... Because, like, I, it, it's already happened. It's already... Ha- it, it already happened I, to Laurel. I, 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 I don't... And so I let's, don't go, let's I, go to a show that, where at least Kendra fucking lived. Yeah, that's the thing. Is they might have written her off, but, like, they didn't kill her. And that is... That's important. And I'm... Um, kind of pissed that I'm like, thank God she didn't die for not being on the show anymore. Um, Legends of Tomorrow. We're back. We're on season three somehow. It's been... When did this show fucking... This show ended in, like, April, right? So how many months has it been now? A bunch of months. Ari, how was your summer vacation? Um, great. I don't know how to do math, and neither do you, clearly, so it's been, like, I think... Hold on. I'm gonna count it. I'm gonna count it. April's the fourth June, month. This is the tenth, so six July, months. July, August, September. Yeah, it's been a while. It's been it's been a long time. Um, summer vacation was super good. Um, I kind of missed having. I I missed reviewing this. I am excited to do this again. I yeah. missed doing the show. I missed. You know, that's the thing is, as much as we harp on the show, sometimes it's still ultimately a really fun an enjoyable experience because it is finally, I think hitting that point where it's like, it just does not care about being historically accurate or reasonable or sensible. We and made it. as long as it tells me a good story, neither do I, like, I don't care that nothing about the timeline that has been established like five minutes into the season makes sense. It was a really good story set up um, as a season opener. And that was a big relief. I was kind of worried after I'm like, when we say really good, I think we mean really good for Legends of Tomorrow. I don't even mean for Legends. I just mean, like, the DC TV shows in general. Like, this is, again, pretty fun and weird and unique. And didn't, I mean, the the, the Flash opener basically had to be like, season three didn't uh, didn't happen, didn't happen. I, I, and if you talk about it, you will be cast out and you'll have to sit next to the guy with the inflation fetish in the writer's room. And no one wants that. All right, so... Did we or did we not agree in advance that we weren't? No, we didn't agree no, we about didn't. Flash and so we're Inflation. Talk about the dog thing. We agreed we were not going to talk about the weird dog boy from tonight's Gotham. Like that's really fucked up. I that's hey, so bad. Hey, 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 
hey, dog boy is a fucking member of this family and you show some <laughs> no, goddamn respect. Like, no, re- no disrespect to dog boy. Um, he's great, I guess. But like, I'm just kind of impressed that Gotham was like, you know how we can cater to people? Weird pseudo BDSM stuff. Uh, that's our target audience, right? And I'm like, sure, it whatever. It absolutely is. That's, I mean, I, don't of... e- how are we even joking about this? I, I mean, I like, here's the thing is that he literally like, I'm like, like Rachel Ghoul was probably just like, Barbara, you have lost me my knife. And so now I have to bring in weird fetish dog boy. And she's just like, yeah, sure. <laughs> my favorite thing. And see, like, this is my favorite oh, thing about Gotham. And I'm going to hook it back into Legends is that I'm watching okay. the fourth season of Gotham and everybody on the fourth season of Gotham seems like super aware that they are like on Gotham. They keep making comments like nobody ever dies in this town and they're like very self-aware of how kooky they all are. And I think you can oh, see Legends doing the same thing with this season premiere. And it's oh, really good. I, I, it's really good for them. Emotionally. It is. Well, we started to notice hints of that back when we covered New York. Uh, New York. When we covered San Diego Comic-Con, um, there was a lot of, you know, chatter. The season opener did one of those things that I'm always a little resentful of where they're like immediately... Comics are actually really infamous for doing this, though. All of those weird covers you see from the Silver Age where, like, Superman has Jimmy Olsen marrying a gorilla or whatever. Better than this season of Supergirl? Yeah, at this point. Um, you... Oh, God, they would do that. Oh, God, it would be... Re- yeah, that's not what Ooh, I expected. Wait, Supergirl no, in that context, it's real bad. Oh, boy. Take it back. Oh, I know, right, but, but we are getting Grodd this season. So somebody marrying a yeah, gorilla... But it is I don't want to talk about Vietnam, and I don't want to talk about Grodd. We're not, we're, we're not there yet, but I'm not, I'm not ready, and I, we have to wait till the episode airs. I'm not going to be ready. Okay. Well, no, um, no. Let's go into what we liked about this episode, and then we're going to probably talk about some yeah. stuff they have planned. That that Phil Clemmer in his hell yeah. prison has planned for the rest of this fucking season. Yeah. Um. Here's the thing: is I did like this episode in terms of self awareness. Again, like we mentioned at the start of the episode, our episode. Um, they're very aware that they're on a weird show and that everyone on this team, except for Ray, who's an angel, we're delighted to have him here, is an absolute mess. Oh, and Amaya, but she's off doing her own thing right now. Amaya uh, is um, actually now getting a little messy. But like in a fun, yeah, in but like in a like, fun sexy way. That's the thing. is She's not messy. Like she's a, still a good, stable, normal human being. I cannot say that stable for most of the other people. Stable is probably going to be called into question, and I can't That's wait to great. see them handle that with all the grace and tact they and, handled. Uh, everything. Nate's hemophilia. Um, God. I just had um, to pick a topic out of a bucket. That's fair. There's a lot. Uh, what I did really like is how legitimately fun the show seems to be having with itself, and it is very self-aware, and like you need that in a, in a show that's weird. There have been times I've been watching shows that have tried to do something silly or weird or funny, but they were like trying to do it in a way that still sold themselves as like an interesting or clever or serious show. And I'm, this Legends isn't trying to do that anymore. And it works. It definitely establishes them as kind of the odd one out and they're rebelling in that. And that is really good for the show's tone because the last maybe seven or eight episodes of season two were just unbearably fucking grim in parts. So um, the other thing I liked, and this was I, the second that they kidnapped Julius Caesar, I was like, you have to reference that event where he demanded his captors raise his ransom. I'm begging you. And they did. And I honestly wasn't expecting them to because this is a show that kind of uses history like wallpaper. 
Um, and not very nice wallpaper. But they did make a reference to it and then immediately lost my good graces by doing other dumb stuff. But like I appreciated the reference. It was it was um, you know, I think it was my favorite showing... thing about Julius Caesar is when he um asked Sarah to have sex with him and like you can see in her face that she's like having sex with Julius Caesar would literally make Rip eat his own face in jealousy. Huh. But also he's kinda gross, so I'm not into yeah. it. That's that sort of thing where I did like I like that they're getting weirder with how they have the historical figures behave. Let's get weird. Pick. Let's get it is it's nice. Like I don't yeah. want like this isn't a serious show. This is and it like I don't I mean want they have the, next like, week they have we, Billy Zane playing. Yeah. Like freaking I want that. Barnum. We had like a forty minute bitch fest about the fact that they decided to do World War One for some some reason. And you know, it's nice to see them not going places that are Vietnam grand and violent and like it's something you can't make comedy out of. This episode was kind of teen beach movie, but with Julius Caesar, and I'm fine with that. That's great. That's what I want out of the show. Um, they did have a little bit of a problem with they were introducing plot points like a guy on PCP in a bookstore uh, just reciting the plots off of the back of the books he's grabbing. Okay, so Legends, I think, established at least 15 different plot threads hmm. so far. Uh, number yeah. one, um, the Time Bureau. Number two, Ava and Sarah having some weird thing. Number three, Riff is keeping a secret. Number four... I don't even fucking fuck. Amaya's Amaya's doing her thing. Nate and Amaya broke up for reasons she yeah, doesn't. That's a Rick plot. Seems to, Number Rick six. Involved in their breakup is another thing too. Where he was like, "Well, she asked to go back at like back to 1942." And I'm like, "Wait, when did you get involved here? Hold what? on, how long have you been here for?" All right, and here's the thing: how many of these plot threads that they have established now, like, and they were just throwing them at me. There was no subtle yeah. introduction of any plot. Um, every single plot point that was introduced this episode. Um, one by one came into my apartment and hit me. Well, that's but the thing. Here's it's how like... many I think that they're going to carry through to the finale of this season. Negative two. And that means specifically that they're going to conclude two plots in the season finale that just did, that aren't even theirs. They're going to like, uh -huh. like, like they're, plots they're, from like, gonna... from like other shows. They're... They're going to tell us who shot JR. Um, they're going yes, to thank you. Pick that was what I where... was trying to think of something like that. Yeah, no. Um, they they're gonna are fucking, like... they're going to they're going to save the doctor. Wait, no, that's too close. That's too that's like yeah, that's... half a point. That's yeah, like that's... pretty on the nose. They're going to they're going to oh god, what ended up Oh god, no, that's really obscure and I'm not referencing that that anime on the show. They're going to uh... something something Twin Peaks. No, cuz David Lynch finally rebooted that. They are going to do uh Oh my god. Hold on, because I wanna I wanna think of something funny because I want this to be good. This would be really uh let me just oh, edit all this shit. We're just uh they're gonna <laughs> I'm trying to think of shows that ended on cliffhangers. Fuck. Um They're gonna wake up that oh guy. God. Oh wait, no, they just rebooted Dallas. Fuck. God They're gonna damn kill it. both okay, Will so and Legend Grace. is going to announce its reboot. They're going to be rebooting a show within their show. We're going to get a uh, reboot of... Reboot. A reboot of reboot. We're going to get a reboot of... Oh, God. Uh, Cubics, Robots for Everyone, or Sherlock Holmes in the 22nd century. Which or, is about wait, wait, Time Squad. Fuck! Okay, we are following the successful reboot of Time Squad that I the think... The negative two plot line is that they literally managed to wander into Time Squad. 
The funny thing about that is, is they can't afford Mark Hamill. <laughs> like they cannot oh, afford the voice yeah, actor no, talent they absolutely of Mark cannot. Hamill. Who did he voice? Uh, he was Larry Three Thousand. Of course. Classic. Which is really funny because that was my first interaction with Mark Hamill. I didn't watch Star Wars until I was a little older. Legends but... of Tomorrow has started 15 different plots this episode, and they are going to conclude this season probably on the set of Gotham by accident. <laughs> they, yeah, I mean, they are really, I, I don't take it personally anymore. I'm just kind of like, whatever. You guys, you keep doing you. Like, I don't, I don't want to try to guess where the show is going because when I try to apply logic to it, it spits in my face. But I will say this. I do like that they are making it very clear that, like, Rip is rooting for the team, that he is not antagonistic, that while he is with the Time Bureau right now, they they did almost everything in their power in this episode to establish that he is still rooting for this team and is trying to ensure their success. Like, he basically gave them carte blanche to Jack the Wave Rider. He left Sarah his Fitbit they painted gold. They didn't even really? paint it. It was literally just a Fitbit. God damn it. Let me, the um, props, because those props were so bad. It was literally. They, did they use, like, an Alexa last season? They just had it? Okay, no. Literally, here's what Mick lifted off of Rip. He lifted off the Fitbit, which is the portable, the portal watch. I'm so He tired. lifted off a communicator, which is the remote control you use to turn an air conditioner on and off. Oh, God. And he got, grabbed one of the memory thingies, as he called it, which is a box that they painted some red stripes onto. I'm so tired. I mean, listen, creative and good props have been made with cheap stuff, but this isn't even like making props out of cheap stuff. This is just using cheap stuff as props, and there is a bit of a difference. But in any case, uh, I think that does add to the charm sometimes. Uh, sometimes, admittedly. It's a big sometimes. But. What else did we like about this episode? Um, no one died or was horribly yeah, mistreated. Died. I mean, like, here's the thing: is like I was kind of anxious going into this episode that they were gonna like destroy Rip or that they were gonna destroy Rip and Sarah or like uh, really and like the sex- especially since and, like, here's the, the fan thing base is because so... this is an episode that Mark and Phil wrote together, and you can kind of feel it a little bit because there are especially certain, with like, Ray's behavior. With, you can feel it with Ray's behavior. Like, they really like, almost felt like they were a tug of war over how he should um, be acting. There's a couple of throwaway lines that we didn't love where I'm like, like, with oh, Mick feigning, like, with how. Um, they mentioned. So, the yeah, woman, on, her name is Agent Ava Sharp, and her code name is Mistress, and we'll probably refer to her as either Ava or Mistress or Milf Sarah. Uh, Sarah, but with a tailor. My point is, is I do, I do love that they just, like, this is when I say that they are doing more self-aware, silly stuff. Having someone as a new recurring character whose codename is Mistress is so much. And, and they're doing it. like, super straight edge. Like, and this is the thing. I actually, by the end of the episode, was really like, I'm glad they have a time bureau. I'm glad the team sort of has, like, a backup if they need it. And I'm That's glad the that they have a straight man. Because, yeah. honestly, like, one of the things that Ari and I talk about sometimes, even though Ari has never seen the show True Blood, is that sometimes I will lie awake at night and talk about how True Blood went wrong. And one of the biggest things is that uh, they really took the character of Bill Compton, who was, like, the straight man in seasons one and two, and were like, what if he was just a piece of shit? And then he wasn't, and then they made him the straight man again in sort of season six. And just, I don't have the time for this. The point is, is that... People like the legends need like 
let's say in the newsroom, they need like a Leona Lansing. Yes, they need somebody who, they need someone who's like, have we had a class that wasn't all about them at some point? Yes, exactly. They need, they need that. And I also have to admit that, like, I do think at the end of the season, and honestly, uh, given that this is a CW, we'll probably get 20 seasons of this very low-budget show. But if this was the last season for whatever reason, I would be content if it ended with the team joining forces with the Time Bureau and Rip kind of gets to create the Time Masters he always wanted. But uh, in any case, I'm really happy that they have a backup, and it doesn't seem to be super negative. Um, they're not an antagonistic force. They're just kind of like confused bureaucrats and I the mean, team like, is here's the thing is like as sarah points out like this is rip's time bureau so like the second she's like wait wait a second if you're the one training them then none of them know how to punch because you are made of uh, glass of butter and glass uh butter actually cold butter would stand up to a punch i'm gonna have to go with a uh, glass and glass bones paper skin Class bones, paper skin, and whatever like they the made. The only confident one is is Ava. Like she seems to have like had some kind of combat training before. I'm really interested where Rip got these people. Honestly, I'm kind of hoping we get an explanation. Also, um, they're just in Star City. Yeah, and I I'm like, whatever. Did, did, whatever. Did, 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 the, the, even though Star City is technically supposed to be. L.A., maybe? I don't know. And Central Central City is very explicitly supposed to be uh, Chicago, if only because in the comics, Keystone and Central... how did Sarah take the train there so quickly? As I was about... Like, because listen, that's the thing. Even though Central City is supposed to kind of be Chicago because Central and Keystone and the comics are explicitly referred to as the Twin Cities, uh, there's... Okay, nerd. No... Do you know how many Flash comics I've read? Let me live. Yeah, I do, because you... uh, I do know how many Flash comics Ari has read. Okay, okay, fine, good. Um, Then you understand why I'm bringing this up, but my point is, is the show has no concept of spatial relations. And this is coming from from someone who, for a not insignificant portion of their life, thought that Montana was somewhere near Tennessee and Louisiana. I don't even know... By the way, guys, it it is not. Tennessee (laughs) is near Kentucky. Where the fuck... I don't care. Kentucky like, is near oh, the Virginias. Okay, cool, great. But you have to understand that I understand spatial relations about as well as the DC writers, clearly, because they just have everyone else showing up in the other show's city within a couple of hours. But that doesn't make any sense based on the real-world analogs they're supposed oh, wait, to represent. Oh, here's something but- I really liked about this episode, is that Mick has Sarah's cell phone number, and apparently these guys are still, like, group chatting. How much money... All right. Two things. One, they're group chatting each other, and Rip is obviously still in their group chat. Oh, of course. Two. Um, so Rip says, I'm going to take the drop ship. And then he goes, and five years pass, but he ends up in 2017 somehow. I don't. So did he want... take the drop ship back to no. 2012? And Please also, stop. wait, I'm not done yet. How Please. did she shut off Gideon for Please. five years if the team was on the Wave Rider and he just got the Wave Rider and it's only been Please. six months? Stop. God. Oh, whoa, Phil Clemmer just climbed in through my window, oh, and he's God. holding a gun on me. Oh, hey, 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 it's me, Todd. It's me, Todd Howard, Phil Clemmer. <laughs> and I think you I, put too much money I, into I, trying to make sense of this and not enough into useless math space. <laughs> you have to, I actually do want to get to that, because that's another thing, is I do think, because I think we want to move, since we like this episode, there's not much to complain about. It's a good, solid, quick Getting everyone back together and starting it on adventure. I mean, I can um, definitely find things to complain about. Number adventure. one. Um, so it was a good, quick 
thing. Uh, oh, sorry. It was a good good pilot. It got everyone back together. got us on track for the season. The reason that this five-year time reverse doesn't make any sense is I do think Rip is lying uh, about the five years thing. Wait a second. I, if he went back to 2012, when, then his, that's, his that's wife? He did, he did, his I son? don't think he did. I know. He didn't. I, I. That's my point. Is my theory is, is he did not actually do that. He told the team he did to have a like an excuse for how he created the time bureau so quickly. But like we discussed before, I think malice. Who first off is just a, a, a fancy respelling of malice. Like yes, the, the villain's name is Malice. M A L L U S. And then Ari and I were texting each other, and Ari went, "Oh my God, it's an anagram." Or not something. an anagram. It's an it's onomatopoeia for malice. Like the, yes, the, that like, word. I, I hate. I hate. And it then I thought malice was the guy from Kingdom Come who has the horn was, helmet, but that's Maddox. I thought I thought he was uh, the villain of Shira, but thankfully that's Hordak. But that's he sounds like a filmation character. My point is, I think that malice has some kind of blackmail or whatever on Rip and hold some kind of power where he could undo the team or undo the time stream or whatever and strong-armed Rip into creating the Time Bureau. Because number one, we have no clue where Rip got all these people. And if he dissolved the Time Masters, it would have taken him a, or a, sorry, not if he did, but if the Oculus Rift blew up, if there were surviving Time Masters, they would have been scattered around points in time. Isn't the Oculus them... Rift of uh, an AR system? I know. I, I don't know. I don't know. None Who of this cares? Was... Who cares? None Who this, cares? But that's, I mean, even for Legends, this doesn't add up. And I know that this isn't a show that and like, here's continuity. The thing. Part but of I, me is like, Ari is probably right. And part of me is like, this is never going to be addressed again. No, but I do think, and I think that's about given how the Bureau, and, and given that Rip is so very clearly and explicitly like, hey guys, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You can do this. I believe in you. I'm basically uh, putting the, the keys on the table and like turning away conveniently. He is he's the so Naruto exam. I better not catch anyone cheating. Yeah, like he's so very obviously okay, so clearly. Does anybody want to hit me for that reference, or am I going to have to do it myself? No, it's fine. I was I was going to reference uh, anime like twenty minutes ago, so clearly we're just in that point. My my point is is I do think All that right. Rip. Yeah, we're twenty four minutes into our first podcast of our season, and we have and... made our first Naruto reference. Ding fries. Uh, but. I do think that Rip is being strong-armed into creating a time bureau by Malice or someone else. Uh, and he is doing this to protect the team and obviously cannot tell the team that he's doing it to protect them because they must be involved. Maybe they'll even tie it back into the lance of Longinus. Who knows? I don't think they realize that they technically retconned their own finale. So who knows? That would be interesting but when I, this is like what I said before when I was like, I don't even want to try to plan out Legends because every time I try to think about it, like how a normal show would do things, it spits in my face and and knocks all my books off my shelf. So who knows? You know how Phil It was a good opener. Books. I'm not sure where the season, what? I said, you know how Phil feels about books. Well, Sarah, this episode doesn't, doesn't seem to know how to read. <laughs> hey, um, do pictures and books always just magically change? That was literally, I was like... Uh, Okay, thanks, Sarah. In any case, um, I I do think you know I I'm so I'm so worried about this Vietnam episode. All right, so here's I, what I we will... know is happening this season. We know that Zari, who is 
um, one of the Shazam family members is going to be showing up. I think she's they have right. about five dollars, so she's probably only going to get to use her powers once or twice this season. Well, that's the thing: is the, the Marvel end. family. The Marvel family has a surprisingly game-breaking power set. It's one of those things, like when you remember the Martian Manhunter, when you remember John's full power set, and you're saying like he can do a lot of stuff. That's me. Whenever that's I think about magic in the DC, like in the DC universe, and that's one of those things yeah. where I'm like, wow, a lot of things could be solved if more characters just use magic, because anyone in the DC universe can. Yeah, but in any oh, case... Oh, John Constantine is going to show up at some point. Yes, that I'm actually excited for. I'm really excited want... for that because I want him to kiss Arthur Darville on the mouth. Especially because Phil was like, we know he's bisexual and we will be discussing it. I'm like, you have one episode. So, like, I'm really glad that you're that. a parent. Like, I really appreciate it because you do have one episode and making that a priority it's actually good. kind well, of but... means a lot to me. You yeah. fucking bird-faced son of a bitch. He does That's have a thing. bird face. Let, birds are great but it is that sort of thing where I was really grateful because part of the reason the show tanked was because they said to his largely not straight audience we're not going to make Constantine buy in this show and so people are like I guess I'm not going to watch and I think Len saw that realized that was part of the reason people weren't watching and said okay we're going to fix that and I'm grateful for it because it's really nice that they view that as something that they're go they want to address uh, as long as Mark Guggenheim is not writing an episode, we should be fine. So as long as we didn't wish for this Constantine episode on a cursed monkey's paw, uh, we should be great. Yeah, speaking of, I, I finally figured out the crossover because our good friend uh, Libby was like, Gustin clearly wished on a monkey's paw to have a wedding episode. Oh, God damn it. That makes and too like, much and sense. And like, that does make sense because I was like, did I, did I wish on a monkey's paw to do this? No, it was it was. I, 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 thank thank God because yeah, that makes... you you know I wouldn't. He does he bring in a jar monkey's no, I paw. Ooh, pie. This. Yeah, I I wouldn't. Uh, no one no one I know would have wished for this, uh, because everyone I know is a good person. Yeah, but guys. The by crossover... the way, emotionally, please prepare yourself for the crossover podcast episode. Like it's, I have I, to emotionally prepare myself. I don't. I I joke about the vietnam episode haunting me the crossover is like actually truly legitimately like haunting me and sure it's gonna be a the crossover disaster. is the, there's a floating crossover head behind you you can't just assume that's a bad thing and like it's gonna be bad it's gonna be bad but at least the siege of yeah. legend seems good enough that we can just kind of pretend it didn't happen Yes. I mean, I'm worried since it seems to be pretty apparent they're Augenstein. Um, I'm a little concerned about where that's going to lead Jax's arc this season. But I have hopes he'll be okay. For no added, like, listen, there is no reason for me to have hope that Jax will be okay because DCTV is bad. Uh, but I love him. So I want him to be safe. I just got black paint all over this, this, this pony head and I, I'm going to cry. I'm going to start crying. Um, okay, speaking of things that case. want to make you cry, because I'm just looking at my dashboard. We really haven't gotten to, I think, the real heart and soul of this first episode. Okay. And that is, um, why the fuck did Arthur Darville shave off all this fucking hair? Oh, God, why haven't we? I feel like it's because it was. it's going to be that, like, ten minute... We're just going to... I don't want to roast him too hard. He's very delicate. He is He is delicate. And then, of I course, you know what his childhood me. nickname was. And so, Leave like, him alone! Like, Listen, and that, so, no, I me. mean, like, and that's the that's point, me. is that, like, when it comes to his appearance, I actually, like, don't want to be that... But, like, when you look at him, because I made I a think... gift set that is 
And like, this is one of those things that, I'm sorry, I just touched the microphone to my mouth. Um, This is one of those things that like hit me like directly in my heart is that in the pilot of Legends of Tomorrow, Rip steals the Wave Rider from the Time Masters. And then in this episode, Sarah steals the Wave Rider from the Time Bureau, from Rip. And like, there's like this recognition of her doing that. And like, he said, I have nothing left to teach you. And now she's doing something that he did like exactly. But like, when you look at him stealing the time ship in episode one with his beautiful beard and you look at him now you're like please i am begging you i, I think will my do bigger anything. concern my wife she is so sick i think my bigger concern is did he do this willingly like is this is did he shave his beard for like a role or did he like i think well, i would no, be more I think con- the reason he's doing legends less this season is because of his music and he's going to be touring and stuff which i totally understand because he's an award-winning and very talented musician which, Fuck him. Seriously, how Fuck the hell you. do they keep... How, how dare I, they, you be so, so beautiful many... and talented instead of there's wanting to be so... on this fucking trash show? Like, Sierra just got cast in something that's going to be at Joe's Pub, which is always... Like, there's so many beautiful and talented people on the show who are really smart and really good at things, and they're here, and God bless you for being here. You're about the Maisie. only thing making this show. Maisie? Ma- Maisie? Maisie? Richardson Sellers went to Oxford University... Yeah, that Oxford. Like, there are some... Like, she is beautiful and and genius. And, like, yes, I know that people say, like, like, okay, where you go to college or going to college doesn't define... No, but going to Oxford is still a big deal. But, like, going to Oxford is still, like, kind of a big deal. Like, we still make a big deal when people go to, like, a Princeton, Wentworth Miller. Or Yale, no one on DCTV. No one. Absolutely no one. And listen... Um, my point is, oh God, what was the big point of this? I, it's, it's, it's just, it's not, I don't know if he did this willingly. I don't know if he thinks he looks good without a beard. If he does, I'm really happy. He thinks he looks good without a beard. That's really good for him. And he deserves that, that self-confidence. It, oh God, I don't, I don't like being mean about people's appearance. It's definitely very jarring and it, changes you know what i'm sure that there are people that find him attractive without the beard some people find it cute or like oh he looks more like rory i just really like him i think and that's the thing with the beard and also when he's getting beat up it's yes but it's number it looks better when he's getting beat up with the beard because i feel less like i'm watching a child get the shit kicked out of them which is bad but i think that may actually be part of the reason but in because you mentioned right some people are like oh he looks more like rory now and if that's your fonder association i didn't really watch a lot of 11 stuff so i'm not really like diehard pons fan so that didn't occur to me but i guess if you're appreciating that it would make sense but it's like i don't want him to look cute it, it's kind of weird especially since he's a little more like not aggressive, but he's a little sterner and trying to kind of assert himself as the leader or at least someone who pretends to be a leader. Um, yes, I think what was so most wild weird. for the legends was coming on to the fucking Time Bureau and Rip giving orders and people like listening to him and like calling him sir and they're watching this happen and huh? they're like, uh, the fuck is this? Oh, you know, like, here's the thing. When he has his beard and his longer hair, he basically accuses Sarah of swashbuckling, which is kind of rich coming from him. I know. Like, shut up. You're, uh, when he you... shaves, I think it's supposed to represent that he's a like, quote-unquote professional. Like, 
Um, this is something you know if you're, like, from the New York area, but, like, the Yankees are not allowed to have long hair and beards. They're supposed to look very clean cut, and that's why whenever the Red Sox play them, they always try to grow out their hair before they play the Yankees. That, that's the dumbest... Yeah, it is the dumbest thing. Why are the, the Red Sox like this? Also, didn't A-Rod have long hair? No, A-Rod has never point. had long hair in his life. Okay, I'm, I'm mixing him up with someone else. I don't know baseball. I don't, I don't know, I don't know what the fuck a sport is. Um, but I was simply, I because it's about image i get i mean like i can believe that now that you've said that i'm like right okay he wants to look more like a bureaucrat so he ditched the beard because the the scruffy beard and trench coat thing is he looks like a it's a it's, i mean it's an homage to jonah hex who is like a gunslinging lawman like he, he doesn't rip doesn't want to look uh, like john marston he wants to look like god only knows when he shaves he looks more like his father he wants to look like Rock from Black Lagoon, which is not... Actually, actually, now that I'm saying that, that's not an inaccurate comparison. If you understand that comparison, uh, why are you listening to this podcast? Um, I didn't fucking but get it. But in any case, well, you didn't see Black Lagoon. You should. It's really good. Um, in any case, that's not relevant. I do think that he is trying to present himself as a more polished stuff suit type on purpose, which, again, is very interesting because his mannerisms and a lot of his behavior changes seem like he's deliberately trying to throw someone off the scent of the team. That he's doing all this and distancing. Oh, like he snap. is trying to. Yeah. Oh, like he's trying shit. to that's basically. Point. Yeah, and I think that's. I do think something happened with like malice rip whatever he is trying really hard and doing a lot of things i don't think he would have been comfortable doing otherwise to protect this team and it's it's i again i know that the show sometimes goes in crazy directions or just things that we wouldn't expect of it but i do think there's too many signs and too many clues and too many indications that they're very clearly rip is yeah, and this is Rip not a, lot a subtle show. I mean, actually, no. let's let's, make a, let's talk about a couple of other things. Um, do you want to talk about the Steel Atom thing? Uh, the Steel Atom stuff. It's not that I don't think it's genuine in the show. There's the the emotions, the way it's acted. It's all very sweet, and it's not like certain kinds of queer baiting and other. CW shows where I feel like the actors are having a go at the fans and think it's really funny that no. they are reading and like, it. And like, I like Adam a lot. But, I think the relationship is really genuine. But I'm more concerned about how the writer's room seems to really enjoy responding with this idea like, haha, they're such best bros. Like, good, good bromance. Great buddies. Great. First off, no one has used the term bromance since, I want to say, 2007. Secondly, it's Really Not uncomfortable. Even Tim uses it anymore. No, thank God. Um, but it is. It makes me concerned that they seem to be actively pushing this idea that it's like a funny bromance kind of thing when it's not even really being written as such but i'm aware that they think that it is and it's strange because they have more moments of what i would call genuine queer coding with mick and len or mick and ray but nate and ray specifically i feel like they are writing it as a nod to fangirls which i is very see the writers about- paying more attention to things about Nate and Ray than they ever did about things about like Mick and Len, which like given that Wentworth is a gay man and like put a lot of genuine emotion into that relationship. 
And I'm not saying that that. Brandon and Nick are not putting emotion into it. And I'm not saying there's any like malice per se, but there is ignorance there. I don't even think it's, I mean, I, I don't even, I think the, the difference here is that everything between Mick and Len was Wentworth and Dominic. It was like when they would write scripts for, oh God, I want to say it was Groucho Marx, and they were literally just writing the script. He walks in and he says something funny. Like they would just kind of let them improvise to a pretty big degree because they were essentially asking them to do their prison break roles again, but with like more weird homoeroticism. But well, they're related in prison break. Yeah, so obviously this is like that, but without any implications that prison break would arise from having this kind of relationship in any case it is very all acted on their part i don't think the writers had anything to do with the tension and emotions and the acting and the way that they played the roles but in this case i think with steel adam it's more the writers deliberately trying to write it a certain way and i I don't think it's 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 Brandon or Nick trying to do it maliciously because they just seem to be really good friends and they're just really sweet and charming and like and people like and I it's the kind of ship where it works very warm and emotional and and loving characters so I think people understandably gravitate towards that but I also think it is more explicitly being written for a presumed straight fangirl audience than ships like Adam Wave or um uh cold wave for and that isn't to it's say very... like if you're not like a straight fan girl that you can't like no I know lot, Adam, I like we both enjoy it even if they're I both do. twunks and i can't well, I... yeah that's the other thing is, it I'm doesn't like, work it doesn't work it doesn't, phil it doesn't work. but my point is even if non-straight people enjoy it which i do you do i'm sure yeah. other non-straight people do yeah. i can still look at it and acknowledge it as yes. something that's being written to appeal to what they think straight female fangirls want out of a male-male relationship. I really wish that I could say the word yaoi without feeling just filthy. Uh, because I can't even hear you say it without feeling filthy. It's, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. And I feel, I feel, I feel bad for having said it. Um, I should just, ugh. in any case, um, does bug me that that seems to be the direction they're headed in, but hopefully we get more i'm just very worried because whenever stuff like this starts to happen i just don't want it to fall negatively on amaya especially because she seems to be like going Uh, through it and like she kind of broke nate's heart a little bit and like that's her like i'm sure she had her reasons and i'm sure she has her own arc and stuff that's like coming out but like kendra could not breathe without people being like Kendra was either like, oh, she shouldn't be in a relationship, this is a waste of time, da-da-da, or, like, the second she would sort of make waves in the relationship, she was like, oh, she's such a bitch, and why is she being so mean to Ray, and she doesn't deserve him, and she's a bad person, and I can just, like, taste that happening with Amaya and Nate, especially the heavier they lay on his relationship with Ray, and I hate that because, like, I want people to be able to have more than one significant relationship in their life, but fans are, I guess... People get very defensive, and also people are obviously programmed to see Amaya a certain way, but I will admit, I I do think... We're saying you're racist. Yeah, I'm saying you're racist. But, number one, just brief thing, I fucking 
hate that they broke them up off screen. I fucking hate that they're doing that shit in The Flash too, but getting people together. I'm so sick and tired of relationships being resolved and dissolved off screen. It's lazy. It's shitty. It's bad. I hate you. CW writers. Okay, with that off my plate, um, I am more worried that she is going to be punished for needing to do this by the narrative because it's pretty obvious she did this because she's trying to save um, her, her granddaughter and keep the timeline intact and do all the stuff. But it needs to, I I know that no matter how well she navigates this problem, there's going to be someone who hates her and that's unacceptable because they love her and she's perfect. Here's, here's what you need to consider about Amaya is that she has never done anything wrong ever in her life. She's beautiful. And, um, she's beautiful. She's the greatest and most powerful character she in the entire is. DC TV universe. She is an um, autistic female icon. Um, and I love her. And I, if I see <laughs> she's great. her, I am going to come down on you like the hammer of Thor. It is, an, it, you know, it was a, it was exciting to see where she was at the end of the episode. You know, to end this on a good note, I'm really hopeful she's doing okay. I really am. I mean, like, here's Please the thing: don't... is like they clearly posted pictures of her in the second episode, and so I'm kind of like, I know. do they just go? Are they just like, wow? I guess Amaya's doing her own thing, and I hope she's happy. Just kidding. I, I mean, yes, yeah, she's gonna come back to the team. I always assume that would be the case. Uh, the next episode could either be this season's Civil War episode, or it could go okay, maybe. I mean, the Zane train is is pulling into that station. And I'm very, I'm very excited to see where that goes. We're uh, just hoping the Zane train doesn't derail. And on that note, I, I think that's a pretty good note to end on. Yeah, that's a really good note to end on. That was, the Zane train is going off the tracks. <laughs> please, please, God, don't let the Zane train go off the tracks. Uh, God, but yeah. I, All right, I think we're, I think we're good. So thank I you for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, we'll uh, see you next week with we'll, a new episode. We'll see you next week with an in-depth critique of Billy Zane. Bye. Bye.